Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with host Phil Davis and Liz Heemstra. Bum, bum, ba dum, bum. And we're back, folks. It seems like crazy that it's already been a week. I know. It I know. always goes by so it was quickly. Like, we live for this show, don't we, Liz? We do. Yes. We have heated discussions. <laughs> Very just heated. Just before we go on. <laughs> we pitch each other on ideas about branding, and we go, oh, I hate this brand, or I love this brand, and then we argue about whether it's true or not. And then I think what the, what the worst part is, I think you convince me, and then I probably convince you, and then we end up re-arguing it. <laughs> No, you have me convinced now. No, I'm, now it's no, no. I'm on your point. Right, exactly. And it's exactly. a great a point to start off on because what would what are we telling each other? Our stories, yes, right? What do right. you think the story of this is, or what, do you believe their pitch? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the old word for salesperson is their pitch man. Right. Yeah. Um, and a pitch is really just a story. Mm-hmm. Um, my son was in a play, and his classic line was, "What's your pitch?" Yeah. You know. Um, and so today we're continuing what started as last week. We say that to bait you into listening to last week's show. Um, I must hear. I must hear program. Yes, this is this is a continuation. This is a part part two. Part two. There. So part two series. So we're talking about how to create um, a brand story and making your brand more three dimensional. The two dimensional aspects are. Somewhat the name, the tagline, the logo, but as we make it more three-dimensional, we make it more conversational, more interactive, more engaging. There's more to talk about. Mm -hmm. And as companies, our basic premise here at Tungsten is to bring clarity and insight into who you are as a company so that when you go out and talk about your brand, you don't talk about your company or your business like you would talk about a product. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're selling something, you're a door company, your company should be more than just the product, just the door. It should be, why did you create that door company? Was it about opening doors? Mm-hmm. Was it about creating access? Right. Was it because your father was a woodworker um, and they brought the craftsmanship to the home and the first thing you got was a job, it just happened to be serendipitously doors. Um, so where we see entrepreneurs frequently get caught up is in this fire and passion to go to business and I got this idea I'm going to craft doors they become a door company and become identified with that product and they lose the story they lose the attribute they lose the drive the passion what brought you there and their ads slowly start becoming door related and then it's like well how many doors do you have and what price is your door what's the cheapest door you can make and you wake up, and if you're like most entrepreneurs, you wake up five or ten years later, and you don't even recognize the business you're in anymore. You're fighting every day to try to compete, and you've kind of lost your way. And so we're going to bring a glimmer of that hope back into your life today and get your passion reignited, sparked uh, by the tungsten flame here. So today's uh, topic is how to, how to create your story if you don't have it, how to recognize it, how to fan the flames of what got you into it and make it come to life mm-hmm. um, so that you have passionate fans. We're going to start with a little story about our own company, Tungsten. Yes. 
So Liz asked me, when, how did you come up with that name? I was with my former art director when I owned a full-service ad agency in Tampa, Florida, which I had for 17 long years. And I speak from conviction and from heart when I talk about these things because I started an ad agency because I felt passionate about helping people. Yes. Take things to market, showcase your goods and products, help you live your dream. And flash forward about 10 or 15 years um, I had gotten into this grind of how to just simply grow for growth's sake. Right. And the way to do that was to get big advertising accounts. And I ended up with car dealers. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Exactly. So I had people screaming at me every Monday morning because they uh, never sold enough cars. Right. And that was my life. Right. And as I looked at it, and, and, and Liz, this is the perfect way to, to really touch on what entrepreneurs face today. I was in the same position our clients are when they call us. Mm-hmm. At one point, just before I moved here to Western North Carolina and started Tungsten, I was at a point where I had to say, I got to get my story straight. Yeah. Yeah. Right? My story's not straight. I was, whatever it was, Davis Advertising Agency or, or Davis and Doherty, I believe at the time. And I thought, you know what? We mainly have automotive dealers. Mm -hmm. So what is my agency really about? And instead of looking at my story, what brought me into this business? What was my passion? I started aligning with what? Car dealers. Money. And money. Right. I mean, because, yeah, what was your original? I mean, we talked about this the other day, how you worked with the magazine Yes. Correct? Yes, I worked with a magazine. And sort of what got you into advertising in the first place is that you wanted to create an ad for that jeweler, right? Yeah, there was a jeweler. It started this simply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Working in a magazine, I had a client. They were a jeweler. I went into the magazine office Mm -hmm. and I said to the art director, can we do something different for this client? How can we right. showcase their jewelry? And not book? because you had to. No, because no. You had a, I already you had, had my commission. And yes. you wanted to help people. So yes. This is like the root of your reason for starting your ad agency in the beginning. Yes. You wanted to help create better ads. Yeah, I wanted to help people <laughs> succeed. And it goes yeah. back to creating that environment where people could thrive. Yeah, I exactly. wanted to see my clients get results. I wanted to see them. And instead of ticking the box like, well, I got a commission check, let me move to the next sale. Yeah. I stayed on that and said, how can we make their ad work for them better? Mm-hmm. I, the, the advertising agency that was creating the ads recognized that flame me exactly and said why don't you come work for us Mm -hmm. and at that point I left this lifestyle magazine and started working for them and started going out and within five months we had five accounts right and it just it just sparked that desire to help create as I eventually formed my own agency I got Mm -hmm. caught up into the measure of an ad agency is the size of the agency Mm -hmm. the amount of billings so my metrics changed I lost my story Now, here's what's interesting, Liz, (laughs) another facet of the Phil story. Yes. So I actually asked some guy, we had this tech meeting one day, and it was called the Executive Committee. It's now called Vistage. Mm -hmm. And I asked this guy, he said, you've got to build your company, and it's got got to be a big, hairy, blank goal, a BHAG. Mm-hmm. Okay, a big hairy butt goal. What is it? (laughs) I'm being politically correct. Children can stay in the room during our show. So... I'm like, well, what is my big goal? And he said, you know, just what is the craziest thing? Well, at the time, the biggest ad agency was billing about $20 million a year. Mm -hmm. But what I really wanted to do was create clarity and insight and help people and help them understand what they're on task to do. And I really wanted to do more branding. 
Mm-hmm. I wanted to help people and say, what are you on mission to do? What are you trying to go? Can I, how can I help your, you gain more clarity in your advertising and what it is that you're trying to do? And that didn't seem to ring the bell financially. What rung the bell were car dealers. Mm-hmm. So I asked the question, raised my hand, and he said, yes. I said, what if your big goal has to do with one, your passion, and the other, you know, the profit mm-hmm. of the company, right. purely serving the profit center? Which one should you pick? And he looked over at me and he said, ah, oh, I've never really been asked that. But if you had to choose between what is your passion and what is the thing that would bring you profit, he goes, I guess I'd have to side with profit, whatever brings you money. Of course. And, you know, that day, I can remember to this day, a part of my soul died. Yeah. I mean, I didn't feel like I even wanted to be in business anymore. Right. And I, I remember thinking, I might as well be a drug dealer then. Why don't I just go sell right, drugs? It, right. If the whole goal of life or business in it's general is to make money, well, making, then yeah. let's, you know, what what business can I be in that makes the most, most money? money? in the shortest amount of time. That's I'm my, what Walter White did. <laughs> I seriously thought about that. Breaking bad. The RV was just too expensive at the time. <laughs> Access to chemicals aren't what they are now. Right. I, I really did think of that. My uh, my father-in-law had actually been, we'd lived in Florida, had been offered $50,000 to drive his boat out and do a pickup. Mm-hmm. 50000 bucks, one shot. You know, either, you know, it's like roll it on black or red. Uh, crossing my mind, I'm thinking, I don't think that's a path I want to go down. But if it's truly about that. So I took his advice and what I did was I created clarity around the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I need to create alignment. I need to get my story straight. And I have a lot of car dealers. So let's rebrand around car dealers. And we changed the company name from Davis Advertising, which was known for being creative, a creative shop with good people that are fun to work with, um, that really got down and helped you understand yourself, to a big car dealership kind of I won't say like a mega a mega agency, but we got up to probably five, four or five million dollars worth of billable dollars, mainly through car dealers, and we called it Octane mm-hmm. Marketing, and yeah. it made perfect sense, Liz. Yeah, right. It it did. Driven for success, we created the tagline. We created everything. So there's a couple parts to getting your story straight. One is getting the story straight. We straightened mm-hmm. out our story. Right, right. But we did not. We failed at the most important thing, which we did not align it mm-hmm. to the core attributes. We talked earlier in, in this series about when you build your brand, you build it on the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And that cornerstone is who you are as a person. Absolutely. Who your belief, core beliefs are. You said I walked into that office and I said, let's do a better job for this client. Let's create a better ad. Yes, exactly. And so I aligned it. And I can remember when we did it, everybody agreed, octane marketing, fueled for success, put your sales in overdrive, the pitch lined up with the car dealers. Mm-hmm. I started pitching more car dealers. Every time I won one, I got more depressed. <laughs> Damn it, another car dealer. Oh, if I get any more successful, I'm going to shoot myself. Yeah. And I would, I would stay longer. The hours got longer. The conversations got tougher. The demands got greater. I was being told at some point that I had to give up my weekends and stand out in a cow pasture and serve soda pops to kids at these events on the weekends, these car dealer events. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to own my soul. If you're going to work for me and I'm going to pay you, you're going to earn it by God. Right. And I I couldn't, I could not even recognize myself. Right. So I had a a meeting with my art director one afternoon, one of those kind of let your hair down meetings. And he says, what do you really want to do, Phil? And I said, well, if I could do anything, I'd have to create an agency where we could just really help people. Yeah. Focus. Yeah. He goes, what would you call that? 
And I don't remember if it was Tom Kenny, my art director, shout out, back in Tampa if it was me. But I said, you know, it'd be cool. Have a name like Tungsten. And the two of us sat there and went, oh, that's pretty cool. Right, yeah. And it was like the, the metal and the light bulb. And I went, yeah. Like you flip it on and suddenly you're in the dark. But now you have clarity. And now you can see what you couldn't see before. And you can help people who are also on task, but they can't see for themselves. Yeah. So, and the more I looked into tungsten, the more I realized that really mirrored a lot of things about me, which was it's very resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes an extreme amount of electricity to get through its dense, dense head. And all this electricity going through that dense of a metal, so much resistance that when it finally overcomes that resistance, it warms up and it starts to glow. Yeah. So it's about working through that resistance, our own mental resistance and getting clarity and insight that creates that brilliance. And you've seen that, Liz. Yeah, I When know. we work with clients. Right. What's our experience? Um, definitely, we want to get to that that point of clarity. That's really what we're in task to do. It's, I mean, yeah, we're going to help you name your company, but really we want you to help we want to help you to understand yourself. And in that is the resistance exactly. experience. And they're resisting. Like, why? But why can't we do this? And that's not what we stand for. And, right. And so working through all of these things on the other side of it, there's the aha moment mm-hmm. where people go, oh, I, I, think I, I think I get it. We have a couple examples of, and, and, and before we, we segue off of that, so that's what led to Tungsten. Tungsten then became our platform. Right. It became our brand story. So what do we talk about? We talk about Edison. Look at all yeah. the elements that tie in. It. I just said elements. See, mm-hmm. it's completely unintentional. <laughs> it works. But <laughs> we talk about Edison. Edison tried a thousand times to create this. Went through a thousand different materials before he found tungsten. And it's about trying a thousand times. It's about attempting to do it. It's about persistence. It's a, so I have a story to tell when I create clarity that I can relate to something. It gives us a symbol, which is a light bulb. It gives yeah. us a platform more than just a name, you know. Right. Names are us. Right. And now you're aligned with who you are and who you were always yes. from the very beginning. Beginning. And Before so even the ad agency started. It's easier to come to work now. Yes, it is. It's aligned with not being screamed at what, you're, car un- what you're untasked to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and helping people find clarity. I'm in the same business, but in a whole different way. And so maybe if you're out there and you're doing business, maybe it's not what you're doing, but how you're doing it. Yes. So what is it that got you excited? What got you out of bed? Or think back to those early days when you're super excited about your business. And we want to help you to get your story straight. And we have done that now with several hundred clients. And some of them, we help them find the passion that was always there Mm -hmm. and just repackage it and and go back to market with it presented differently. So it's different saying we're tungsten, we create clarity, insight, and illumination versus saying we're octane driven. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to RPM this thing up and we're going to drive over your competition and (laughs) we're going to shove it into gear. Right, right, right. So it's that nomenclature. It's the language around it. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Same place, same same market, but different outcomes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking on the other side of the uh, the break here. We're going to get into a couple examples of clients that came to us looking for that kind of clarity and how they struggled with two different kind of identities and how in the end each one suited them to a T 
they're wearing these outfits, they're tailored to them. It gives them that story, that pitch, that clarity, but it's a story, unlike my octane driven, mm-hmm. it's a story that they can stick with and live it and own it. We're hoping you're enjoying our broadcast. Be sure to listen to us every week at this time or download previous ones. And you can always follow us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. You can even like us. Even better. <laughs> Don't just follow. Actually yeah. embrace and like us. Like us. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Tungsten Branding or on Twitter at Tungsten, Tungsten Brand. Brand. And also look on that same site and you'll see at the top, do we still call it Insights? Yes, go on to tungstenbranding.com. You can go to Insights. And at the top and scroll down. Tons and tons of resources there. We have articles in there, about 50 articles on brand clarity, how to name your business, how to brand your business. It's a real, it's kind of a wiki of mm-hmm. branding information. Yeah. And we also have the podcasts and other related materials. We look forward to sharing more with you on the other side of the hour. And by the end of today, you're going to get your story completely straight. Absolutely. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, in my next life, I'm going to be a musician. Yes, and I decided I'm also going to have a voice. Oh, perfect. Yes, that goes that goes hand in hand. I don't want to abuse people by thumping and tapping any more than I have to. All right, we're back, and we're talking about having a story. Um, we talked about the importance and even why have a story. Why is it important? If you don't know why, 
then check last week's episode. So yes. we're not going to cover that again. You need a story. Everybody needs a story. And if you go into a police station and they want to question you, first of all, you're not in a very good place. But <laughs> if they were to question you, the first thing they'd say is, what's your story? And I believe I shared this, but it's worth repeating. I had a friend of mine that was a defense attorney, and he would always ask his clients, he would never ask them, did you do this crime or did you not do the crime? He'd say, what's your story? Mm-hmm. And the person would pitch it. Yeah. Well, I wasn't there, really. Again, we have six cameras that show you there. That was right. my twin brother. You don't have a twin brother. <laughs> Do you want to stay with this story? You know. And so brands are just like that. We have kind of a pitch and we have a story. So what is it about these stories that we need to be cognizant of to, to, to be better purveyors of that information, to tell a more convincing, compelling story. So your story is a bestseller, not a sleeper. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it being a good book versus a product catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're talking about creating that page turner. Number one, we always look at how authentic is your story. And as we grow and evolve as businesses, we inevitably change or we discover things about what we like or don't like. We drop clients, we add clients, we drop a product or service line, we add one. And sometimes you can take a look often, not just sometimes, you look back and you'll say, well, we're not the same company we were five years ago. And if you were to look back, if you're listening today at your company, how are you different than you were five years ago mm-hmm. or 10 years ago? And is your story the same? Is it the same story? And if it isn't, ask yourself why. And here's a couple of things that we always look at. Is your story still authentic? So the example I gave just before the break is I had grown as an advertising agency and I had grown by acquiring clients and I got a bunch of car dealers Mm -hmm. and I became Octane. And uh, I believe our website was OctaneDriven.com. So it wasn't already... You You went all the way. I (laughs) I went full in. Yes. I went all the way in. Yeah, I didn't go halfway. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty ramped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I went, I went full in on it. Was that an authentic story? Well, I would go to pitch people, and I wasn't really, you know, a raving lunatic for the automotive industry. And you know, how many Toyota Camrys did we sell last weekend? <laughs> you know, I really couldn't give a rat's ass. You know, to be totally honest, <laughs> right. But every weekend I lived with that. I had Sunday date nights. I started thinking, do I just hate my wife? Because (laughs) I was fidgety every Sunday night until I realized it was because I was nervous about going into my own job. Yeah. Your own your own advertising. Yeah. I was like, there's hell. It wasn't even like you had a boss to I didn't have a boss. I had twenty bosses. (laughs) I thought tomorrow morning I'm gonna just get thunked on the head. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and, and beg for an extension, beg for my life every day. <laughs> so we don't want to, we don't want that. I, I heard something interesting on the radio this morning, um, driving in, it was, uh, 70% of people are not happy at their job. Yeah. And that's a sad statistic. It is. You know, so we want as entrepreneurs to create those environments where not only are you on task, mm-hmm. but you're creating a happy place for your employees. If you're not happy, it's very likely it's not a very happy workplace either. Right. So part of that starts with creating authenticity. Um, so we're going to look at a couple of examples. We had a client that came to us, and there is not – this is a judgment-free zone here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fit to concept. What we help people do is tell their story and tell it in a way that is natural to them. Just yes. Like, right. Exactly. We, we don't want to yes. force anything no, no, on like, anybody. 
And sometimes you hear like, well, what is a great branding? As if there is this this objective, you know, great brand names, and you right. either there isn't become one and use our great brand names, or you don't, and and you're foolish. It's like you said, there isn't any perfect brand name. There's just one that's perfect for, for you. you. Yes. yes. So, yeah. and we we always look for what is the best fit to concept. What is the brand that's perfect for you? So we had. One gentleman came to us and he did project and IT management. It was just all about making it happen and a very driven personality Mm -hmm. um, in a good way. Just out to be number one, out to smoke things for his clients, Mm -hmm. uh, out to beat his competitors, out to take that same tenacity and apply it to his projects, meet deadlines on time, ahead of schedule, take your clients to the next level, achieve greatness. And one of the names that we had looked at for his consultancy was Altisent. Mm-hmm. And Alta being Spanish for? Tall. Tall. Yes. And Ascent was in the name. Yes. And Magnificent. Mm-hmm. And it was aspirational. And everything Absolutely. was higher and faster and loftier and moving up. And Yep. And we did his website and we put the visuals of the mountains and everyone climbing. Everyone and, and you know, aspiring to reach the next level. Mm-hmm. And the logo had a little mountain in it. But did he get there immediately? And we talk about going through this period of resistance. He looked at a couple of other names that were more kind of zinned out. Yes. And he felt as though, well, maybe I should just, you know, have this name and it just sounds inviting and, you know, I don't, I don't want to step on the, on it too much. And our advice to him was who you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, just own it. Mm-hmm. If you're all descent and you're going to take him to the mountaintop, then take him to the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be apologetic mm-hmm. uh, and be, be, you know, be what you are. So another client came to us and he was much more. The kind of person that was more reflective. Yes. Um, a little bit more of the, you know, let me just sit and listen and absorb. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to act maybe immediately. I'm going to I'm going to take it in. I'm going to take the information in. Let me sit with it. And then let me respond when I feel like the moment is right. It's just a different approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the name he chose was? Lumagent. Lumagent. So Lumagent, you know, talking more about illumination, mm-hmm. wisdom, intelligence, intelligence, mm-hmm. insight. Mm-hmm. Our voices are getting softer. <laughs> they are. It's I'm lighting natural. a candle. <laughs> exactly. I'm smelling a Yankee candle as I <laughs> even think about this name. Yes. But look at the difference in story. So if you were to go back to today's subject, which is telling the story, what is the story of a Lumagent? Which is consultancy. Mm-hmm. They're, both in, they're both some. There's both in the IT space. IT space, as opposed to an altisent. One has mountaineering language. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, uh, we we can equip you mm-hmm. to, for this challenge. Right. And, you know, we can get your team harnessed together, and we can you know lockstep make progress and make solid gains. And the mm-hmm. other one could be a story <clears throat> about, you know, of finding the path. Right. You know, it might not be a straight path. It might be a winding path. Right. But, you know. And I think both of those names found their the correct home. Yes, that they did. Sense. They did. Yeah. We did a, We did a good placement. Exactly. Don't you feel like we have these wonderful dogs? That's what I was just going to say. Were you going to say that? Yes, that's okay, what I was five. thinking. Yes. I was like, we place the dogs in the right homes with the right you know, owners. Yeah, they've got kids. I don't think that's the right dog Exactly. Right? You know? Yeah, yes. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not that they're bad dogs. Or or bad people. Or bad people. They're wonderful people and mm-hmm. wonderful dogs. Exactly. But some dogs don't belong with some people. <laughs> and some brands 
Don't belong with some clients. Exactly. Yes. So the brand is the story and the story is you and they're all intertwined. So it's finding that congruency, that coherency to where you can breathe and be your brand unapologetically, mm-hmm. consistently and timelessly so that you don't have to to reinvent yourself. So number one, you want to be authentic. I think an example to me, unless they've been authentically in a, a, a um, I don't know, unless they've been lying so long, unless they've been lying so long that I believe them. But tell a lie long enough, you believe it. Yeah. But uh, their their advertising has been so consistent, and I think it's really on point is Subaru. Yeah. And what is the latest one about Subaru is love? You know. I don't think I've seen that. They always equate it with love mm-hmm. and, and safety, right. which are very very complementary. Then the latest one uh, in Subaru, they have it where this guy is trying to date this gal. <laughs> And the dog comes between. We're back to dogs. The dog comes between them. He's kind of growling at the guy. And every time the guy makes a gesture. Wait, I think I have yes. seen this, actually. Yeah. And finally, in the end of it, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the commercial, <laughs> is he finally puts a, a nice warm flannel jacket you know, around her at a campfire. Yeah. It looks like the dog goes, okay, this guy passes muster. Yes. The, the dog comes up and lays his chin on the guy's leg. Yeah, right. gives him his his paw of approval. Paw, yes, exactly. And so there's a brand that uh, is authentic. And I don't think when you hear that and you say Subaru is love, it's about this. It's about, you know, caring. It's about the environment. Uh, I don't think you think that that's not genuine or it's a put on. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say so. But yeah, you see companies that are kind of Johnny come lately. They're jumping on the environment bag bandwagon <laughs> or something right. that you go, well, they've never been into that before. <laughs> yeah. Why now? Right. Why now? So question, do you have um, a story, a very rooted story, either in the history, second generation, this is why we got started. I was in a garage or this is what did you have that really heartfelt story are you story and passion driven as a business or are you a product based business that's simply in search of the next thing? Mm-hmm. And we talked briefly um, this morning about companies that are wildly successful because mm-hmm. they find a product. We talked about Windows just owning the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And they did, didn't they? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was a Windows world and mm-hmm. there was going to be no other company in the future. Right. Other than you know, yes, Walmart and Windows, <laughs> Microsoft and Windows. Yep, exactly. But yeah. what happened over the next few years, as always happens, uh, you begin to see innovation, the desktop, un- unbeknownst to most people, the desktop was a permanent thing forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought it would, it would, the desktop would shrink onto a phone. Right. And they had to go find themselves. Or I'm thinking about this right now, too. I mean, along the same vein as who would have thought I would have gotten a phone or who would have thought, you know, when Apple released the iPad. Right. And then, you know, well, no one's going to want to buy the iPad. Who wants an iPad? They have right. a phone and they have a computer. Well, so, yeah. And then Lo and behold. Microsoft then made the Surface. Yes. And yeah. And then they made the mobile phone. So they became a little bit of the iPhone. Yeah. So it became kind of a follow the leader Mm -hmm. a little bit. And I can remember telling people, I think Apple's onto something. I think they could grow. I mean, someday who knows they could be as big as Microsoft. And I remember some people laughing at me. Yeah. Just outright belly laughing that that Apple, this loser 
company that you know couldn't find its way out of a box. I had a Lisa computer at the time, I think, and then we had some gray ones. That was the the Apple Performa, <laughs> and Steve Jobs was gone, and he had come back. And I said, I think this guy's really his story was innovation. Mm-hmm. Let's just innovate. Let's make things that people don't even know they need yet, and let's make them beautiful too. Beautiful. He wanted to make let's beautiful make aesthetically. Products. Let's yes. let's hire the best industrial designers. Mm-hmm. Let's build things with passion, mm-hmm. and let's take things that we don't even think we can do and see if we can do it. It's the whole Kennedy thing. Let's shoot for the moon by the end of right. the sixties. Right. Let's create big, big hairy butt goals. <laughs> right. 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 But his was based on passion. Right. You know, right. he didn't go, well, let's hit the milestone of a billion dollars right. in computer sales. Microsoft tried to, you know, get on that bandwagon. So they thought, <laughs> well, let's do that and let's create a, a phone, the Microsoft phone, and mm-hmm. let's create this. And, and just recently, Liz has been um, reading up on Microsoft. She thinks that they're on to something again. And the new president is trying to say, let's find our original programming soul. We were good right. programmers, right? right? Exactly. You know, going back more to the technology and programming aspects and creating, uh, it seems like they are pivoting towards creating technology to enhance or help um, other yes. big, like, um, the iOS and right. Android, they're trying to help them or they're trying to basically, you know, we're not going to try and come up with the best new the phone, new big thing. the new Surface, you know, the newest um, product necessarily in terms of har- like hardware. Create a new category, right. disrupt everything. Right. We're going to try and make technology better. Right. Yeah. Essentially. So some people are saying, look out for Microsoft. They're back there. You know, it's like, they're right. like Stella. They're finding their groove again. Mm-hmm. You know, Stella found her right. Yeah. So in an interview that I saw with the CEO, um, he was saying that he was thinking about, you know, what originally was Microsoft when they started. Right. And what was that out. kernel of, you know, uh, curiosity or what was it that what problem was was bill gates trying to solve or what drove him to do what he did right yeah so they're trying to kind of pivot around that and i think it's a little soon to tell you know what's exactly going to happen but it looks like it could be a good move for them it could be. I mean, if they get back to saying, you know, you know, and you know, it's okay to own it. You know, Geek Squad. Right, exactly. It's okay to be Geek Squad. Right. Exactly. Wear with pride. I mean, if right. you're programmers, then be the best programmers you can be. Right. Yeah. They want to go more towards the AI. AI, the cloud, the cloud security, yeah. data encryption, or you know, yeah. some of these kind of more techie. This mixed reality is this yes. sort of new thing that they're. And that's more genuine and true to, that's believable to me that yes. you said that's what Microsoft did. But when you say they're going to create the next, and I, I remember with Samsung, they would mm-hmm. always say, so this was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was talking about Apple's always has the next big thing. Well, Samsung started saying we're the next big thing mm-hmm. and advertising it and promoting it and paying millions of dollars. And it was in their ads, the next big thing, mm-hmm. Samsung trying to take that thunder away. When I would just Google the next big thing. Apple would still be there because yeah. they were doing yep. the next big thing. Now that's kind of in flux right now, but mm-hmm. it's just it's a position that you own. Yeah. So we're gonna get back to to our little agenda here. It's it's authenticity first and foremost. If you have a story, is it authentic and yeah. is it believable? Two, and we're gonna continue this on the other side of the break, is it clear? So maybe you have a story, but the story is now no longer um, it's no longer, it's not that it's not coherent. This is where it gets a little bit fuzzy. Mm-hmm. There's companies that, it's not that they're 
they're not being authentic. They're being totally authentic, but they've outgrown their original position by so much that it's misleading. Yeah, right. It's the whole Radio Shack thing. Mm -hmm. It's not that they probably do sell a radio somewhere (laughs) in the store. Right. But is your story, does your story need a rewrite or a revision? Mm-hmm. Do you need to come back because the the story that you told originally is you've outgrown it, and now you need to tell a re a new story, and the new story that you often need to tell often requires a rebranding. Yes, because you know there's a Bible scripture about not putting um, new wine into old wineskins lest they burst. Yeah, and I believe so many times people take an old identity and they fall in love with it. It's our legacy, and we've always had it. But there's so much legacy with it tied to the wrong things, legacies that tie you to the past, to an old product, to an old technology, to a a yesteryear kind of thing. And keeping your identity tethered to that simply because it's known Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily a good thing. So if you've grown or evolved as a business and your story has grown, sometimes you need to kind of replant yourself in a bigger container. Mm -hmm. And so in the final part of the show, we're going to talk about how to realign some of these brands, these brands that have either outgrown themselves or have gotten misaligned and how to get that story back on track and straight again so that you can forget all the monkey business of you know how to explain who you are and what you are and you could just segue into a real simple conversation. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Be sure to join us on Facebook and uh, like us and follow us also on Twitter at Tungsten Brand. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Brilliant Branding. 
To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. Welcome back to Brilliant Branding with uh, your host here, Phil Davis, and with Liz Himstra. Himstra. And uh, we're talking about getting your story straight. Uh, we want to talk in this last segment of a few examples, uh, just briefly, of companies that we helped them get their story straight because their story was either non-existent or, as we talked about just before the break, they had outgrown their original product and service identity so much there really was no story to tell. And the, the one they were left telling was really inaccurate. Yes, right. So it was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's who you are. So an, an example that comes to mind is Urethane Supply Company. Mm-hmm. which came to us and we said, well, that's pretty obvious. Again, no story to it. Right. Just product. Get it. Urethane. Um, I guess. Urethane. You know, everybody wants that. Everyone. Yes. That's what I'm looking for. And I want to be supplied. <laughs> By a company. By a company. So what's not to like? They said the problem is that's not really what we do anymore. Mm-hmm. And they had grown to do polymers and scientific stuff that's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> And so as we kind of drilled down, we said, well, so what is your story? And we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. We ended up rebranding them as Polyvance. And again, allowing them to tell a story. And what a rich story this became. These guys have tremendous imagination. If you go to Polyvance, P-O-L-Y-V-A-N-C-E, P-O-L-Y means many. Mm-hmm. And Vance is like the Vance of advancement. Mm-hmm. So it's advancing polymers and everything else, but it's also not literal. It allows them to kind of tell this story about advancement, technology, innovation. And they actually, probably better than anybody, created a literal story with two comic characters, yeah. one named Vance, yeah. who was always advancing the cause of <clears throat> polymers. Mm-hmm. And we just can't advance that enough. Yeah. And there was also Polly. And Polly, yeah. And Polly. And there's this uh, interaction. I don't want to give it away. I think there's, you know, I always feel like they have a thing for each other. They do. Polly and Vance. There's a little tension there. Oh, lots of tension. Yeah. So, (laughs) you're a thing supply company. (laughs) So, we'll have to see in the future what goes. You know, but if they ever get together, it's over. I've seen this in every sitcom. And you were the first one to say it. I I was speculating. Polly Vance. (laughs) Um, shout out to those folks. They're good folks. Yes. Um, another one was pipeline management. It was meant to be a metaphor for sales. And it kind of broke down. It's a metaphor that just didn't work. People thought they sold pipes, you know. So it did not go over real well except for clients in uh, North Dakota. <laughs> oh, no. We're always calling. Oh, no. I could use me some of that. <laughs> Can you manage my pipeline? Um, so they came to us and said, we have a broken story. Right. It was, yes. So we get this a lot um, when we work here. The stories that we hear um, of broken brands that are broken sometimes because the story doesn't fit. So they came to us and said, you know, what are you about? And they're, we want to increase the bottom line. We want to make sales more effective. And so we rebranded them as Revicent. And it was about the story of creating revenue and doing it in an excellent, magnificent Mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So it allowed them to language what they do. We are Revicent. We are here to generate revenue and do it in a way that's, you know, where we take your 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 bottom line numbers and we increase them. Yes. 
And so it allows you to, again, create a lexicon or marketing language off of that. And yeah. another example was PC-net. And I think it was originally .net. Yeah. It was a horrible Something. amalgamation of acronyms and 80s, 90-ish mishmash. And we rebranded them. We said, well, what do you do? They said, well, it's not hooking up PCs anymore. <laughs> as fun as that was. <laughs> Can't get me enough Ethernet or yeah. Tin, sounds a little Radio Shack yeah, like to me. Yeah, a little tin base T connection there. Yeah. Um, so here's from their press release when they rebranded them. Since PCNet's inception in 1985, uh, that's just before Al Gore invented the internet, the company has significantly <laughs> expanded its offerings in the IT industry. Again, growth and expansion. The CEO, of course, Serva said, the new name, what started as a hardware and software procurement company has now transitioned into a managed services company supporting the entire IT service lifecycle. Today, we provide IT consultancy, infrastructure management, disaster recovery, and managed security. And the new name is Core Serva. Mm-hmm. It allows them to talk about mission critical core issues. And servers, or core servers, and serve is also servers and service. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it, it, it doesn't have to be a literal story, but it can provide you, kind of load your lips with the, the terminology around the name. Right. Core right. competency, mm-hmm. mission critical kinds of things. Yes. We had another client locally that came to us, and they were really struggling because they had bent sheet metal for HVAC, you know, heating, vacuuming, air conditioning. Is it vacuuming? Heating, venting, air conditioning systems, HVAC. And eventually they got, you know, invited to do more and more projects and it turned into, can you do sheet metal that'll make for an outdoor living space? And they became Air Vent, which was their original name, Exteriors, Mm -hmm. because they created these three season rooms. Oh. Yes, (laughs) look at you, that's what I mean. You give me that dumbfounded look. <laughs> it, it, wow! Again, so I didn't even I didn't even catch myself. Doesn't even. That. And they created air vents, of course. And you know, bless their hearts, they're on air. You know, day after day, month after month, year after year, trying to explain people their story. Mm-hmm. But you can't explain that. You can't go back. No. Well, we started in the heating and the venting and the air conditioning, and then we bent metal, and it was air vents, and then. We started fabricating roofs to all season rooms, and now we're air vent exteriors. And then you can eventually get it to where people kind of know you as your new. But what an arduous, painful way. Why not, if you are so far removed from your original impetus, mm-hmm. or you made the mistake of basing your brand on a product or service, and you're just not, it's not your, that's not your thing anymore, why not take a moment and just rebrand? Why not just start and start fresh with who you are now? Right. And get get fresh start. So we came up with all kinds of names like Terra Shade, mm-hmm. all kinds of things that were just kind of more like allowed them to language things like, you know, outdoor ecology, right. shade, yeah. comfort. Mm-hmm. Well, we came up with another name for them, Peak Comfort, mm-hmm. talking more about the benefit. Yes. Than that they've been metal. Right. And sheet metal. Um, and in that case, they just they stayed with their name. They were just so tied to the legacy of it. And, and they continue to have to advertise their way around it. Another great example, I had a client came to me and I, he, I said, what is what is your current company name? He says, Miter Peak. Now follow this one. Yeah. Miter Peak. And I'm like, Miter 
am I D-E-R? Am I, he goes, no, miter. Am, like, oh, miter, like M-I-T-E-R. He says, no, miter, M-I-T-R-E, like a miter box. And that's the little box you use to saw wood at an angle, mm-hmm. like a miter box. I says, is it from a miter box? Is that how you got the name? He goes, no, it's from a mountain, miter peak, which is spelled like a mountain. I says, well, how did that come, your company name? He says, well, I'm a pilot. Uh, oh, I get it now. <laughs> it all makes sense. It all makes sense now. Pilots, peaks. Pilots, peaks. All of those construction things. Construction boxes. I get it. He goes, no, I'm a pilot, and I would fly, and I didn't have a company name. And right. so as I was going over this mountain, the mountain was called Miter Peak, M-I-T-R-E. And so I called my company Miter Peak. So there's a story. Yes. But. That's not the story you want. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really go. So brand stories aren't about just having a story for story's sake, because that's a very circuitous, roundabout, drawn out thing that doesn't get me to where I want to be, which is what is the client, what is the benefit to you, the client? Right. So what what was Miter Peak? What did they even do? So Miter Peak was in customer relationship management. They would help you uh, with your customer relationships and how to manage them better and would coach your people on how how to be better interacting with your customer base. Mm -hmm. So they would come in and do seminars and all kinds of things to say, how can you improve your customer relationships and advance the cause of your company? Right. So we ended up branding them as green, which is the color of going. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a stoplight, it's a green light. Mm -hmm. Green peg. Mm -hmm. And with the idea, an iconic peg of advancing. Like you're keeping score and now you can tell this story of, I'm going to help you and your company, Liz, move ahead. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it through Green Peg. So if you're struggling and your people don't know how to interact with other people and you need training, Green Peg can come in and advance your sales, advance your customer relationships. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And another probably more recent example is we had a client right here in Asheville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. getting ready to rebrand the largest building in a, a hotel, 33 stories downtown Asheville. And they were struggling uh, with what do we, how do we name this or what do we call it? Should we use a legacy name from the town? Right. Out of deference to the town and the town's history. Yeah. And there had been a lot of Art Deco that had been done in Asheville. So, again, the need for a story. How can we tell the story of this building? It was the BB&T building. Mm-hmm. But it needed to be something new that conveyed the, the rich, um, beautiful attention to detail, the Art Deco style. And their original thought was to call it? Ellington. The Ellington. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Ellington they picked because it was the name of not the primary but the secondary architect from the 1920s who had done some of the work on some of the architectural designs during that period. Yeah. And so originally they wanted us to write the story for that name. Yeah. Write the story, tell the story of Ellington. So being the storytellers that we are, we said, so is that like Duke Ellington or any relationship? Oh, no, no. It's not the musician, which we could have riffed on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's more the architect. So so we started coming up with ideas. Well, maybe we could do the interiors and we could have lit line drawings and make it look very architectural. But anytime you have to kind of grab people, arrest them from the direction they naturally want to go with your story. Yeah. And redirect them. Yeah. And they wanted the look and feel to be mountain modern. Mountain modern was going to be the interior mm-hmm. or deco, the exterior. Mm-hmm. And we saw that there was many kind of threads to this story and many kinds of ways to tell it. 
and that our community itself was a fabric, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And so we began to look at what's a way that we can create a story that talks about the inter- intersection mm-hmm. of mountain culture and art deco Mm -hmm. and all these different things. And the downtown is extremely diverse and very independent. Mm -hmm. And we hit on this idea of a tapestry. Yes. And as we researched the uh, notion of a tapestry of people and talent and diversity and community, there is a city in France called the Eris or Eris. Eris, France, yeah. And Eris, France became so synonymous with tapestries, they started calling them Eris tapestries. Yeah, because, yeah, that the town was known for their tapestries. They basically, that was... That's what, that's or, what they did. Right, they that's came exactly from, what they did. So we took that and now they have a story that reflects... The community, it reflects their own heart and their mission. It allows them to tell the story of culture, of art, of music. They have a market over there. Mm -hmm. They have all kinds of things that very much parallel the kind of community that Asheville, North Carolina is. And so they're now imbued with a beautiful, wonderful, rich story that they would have been stuck saying Ellington, but not the musician. Mm -hmm. And it was an architect. And let me bring you up to speed. And if you're always explaining your brand and your story, then your story is probably broken. Mm -hmm. And so as we look and review what we've talked about the last two weeks, let's just go back and and hit on some points. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be true to you and your experience. You got to live it. You can't be octane driven if you just really want to hold a candle up to Mm -hmm. somebody and and, and grant them wisdom. It's not only got to be authentic, but it's also got to be clear. You certainly don't want a misleading brand. Mm-hmm. And so in both the authenticity and the clarity, if you can align those two, you're going to have a story that when you tell it, you don't have to massage it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to retract, retrace your steps. Um, you know, I, I created misdirection. Now let me bring you here. Mm-hmm. And the story stays consistent. Um, if you have any questions, we have tons of articles on brand clarity on our website. Mm-hmm. Tungstenbranding.com. Uh, tungstenbranding.com. Look up like finding your pivot point. Look up articles that we talked to about creating that clarity and insight and how to create a better story. And if you feel like your story is broken or you need help with your story, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can hit me, Phil, at tungstenbranding.com or Liz at tungstenbranding or just info mm-hmm. or uh Whatever you need to do. All, yeah, any of those will get a, will get you to us. We'll get you to us. Um, we've really enjoyed uh, having the opportunity to share this week. We hope that you listen in frequently every week. And be sure to join us, uh, facebook.com forward slash tungsten branding or at tungsten brand. And we look forward. On Twitter. On Twitter. We mm-hmm. look forward to sharing more insight with you next week here on the next episode of Brilliant, Brilliant Branding. branding. Thank you for listening to Brilliant Branding. Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant. Brilliant.